Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. If you believe that, say loud amen. amen. All right, we'll take it our seats in a moment. Before we do that, let's take our declaration of understanding. One, two, let's go. Now I declare. The Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I said amen. Amen. Alright, that's what the Lord will do for you today in Jesus' name. The word that is coming will enter your heart. It will give you light. It will give you direction. It will heal in every area. Please, I said every area. Every area. Every area. And most importantly, to transform you, remove every bad character, everything that's not like God in your life. Making you more and more than ever before like the Lord Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Alright, let's take our seats. The Lord is good. Alright, we are going to continue looking at prayer basics. We have been on it for a while. And I don't even think we are close to ending yet. But at least I think we have gone more than halfway. So let's um, continue. We are learning how prayer works. Prayer is one of the most important assignments that we have as believers. Uh, Jesus said to us clearly that we ought to pray and not get tired of praying. He expects us to continue to pray. And he said, do not get tired. And what I want to remind us of again is that sometimes it may appear tiring. Prayer may give you the impression that uh, or something may make you get tired of praying. And the most important reason why people get tired of praying is that results may appear delayed. That is the most important reason why people get tired of praying. Because the answer or the answers may appear slow in coming. And that's what I want to actually address specifically today. Last time we looked at the fact that we should take all our burdens and hand them over to the Lord. That he doesn't want us to carry any burdens. He wants to help us. He said this also are we. Let the children of Israel ask me to do for them. He wants to do things for us, but he says we must ask. Let's bear that in mind. That's what prayer is. Prayer is God wanting to do something for us, but we giving him the permission to do those things for us that he actually wants to do. That is why we are told we have to pray in accordance with his will. That's why we are told we have to pray in accordance with his will, because you can't make God in proper prayer, do what he doesn't want to do. You can only allow him, prompt him, release him, if I may use that word, you know, hasten it, that which he always wanted to do. That's how prayer works. Prayer is not just I come up with any idea and God must show that he is great by making this happen. No. The discipline of Christianity is that I align myself to the will of God. And as I'm aligning myself to the will of God, I keep you know, changing the, in fact, the very things I want will be aligning, will change. Do you follow me? Things that you, you wanted before, the more you study scriptures, 
many of those will just drop off. They will no longer be prayer points. There are times I see people give certain testimonies and then I wonder, is that a testimony as in, is it cause for rejoicing in that way? Do you follow? Like somebody comes to church, praise the Lord. They just gave me a visa and I'm like, okay, so? It's like telling me, praise the Lord. I just enter a taxi. As far as I'm concerned, that's how I react to it. That's how I react to it. If I remember one day, this was years ago, the first time, that was the first time I got a, a U.S. visa. So I was in somebody's office. So I was just talking with the person. So he said, oh, you went for visa interview? I said, yes. You get a visa? I just said, yes. And one guy sitting down there, he said, American visa. <laughs> I said, yes. The way his jaw dropped and his eyes brightened and the way he looked like me, ah, Egbo, you don't make him. I was looking at him like, it's an American visa for goodness sake. What's up with it? I couldn't understand his um, excitement. Hey, I'm going to be gone for a few weeks. And of course, that was what happened. A few weeks, and I was back. What's all this, uh, you know, so, I mean, I've seen people, you know, church service going on, testimony after testimony. Hey, I have had my visa now. Everybody's rejoicing. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Why don't you rejoice like this if I say I got a taxi? That is, I was coming to church and God gave me a taxi. Is a taxi. I hope you get my point. To me, it has never been to me a... Admission to school, I find more exciting. And there are reasons for it, of course, why you think like that. Okay? So the more you work with God, the more you understand some things as a believer, the less some things excite you. You get what I'm saying there? You get my point? That is like... That's how it is. Prayer is... The more you work with God, the more you... The less you pray, you ask for some things, the less you are excited about some issues. And if they are not exciting you so much, they are not going to be big prayer points for you. Because you don't find them exciting. I hope you're getting my point. So, you see, the more you walk with God, the more you align your will to his will. That's why Jesus, you know, <laughs> many times you pray for things like money and all of that. You know, in many of them, the Lord just thinks that, why are you worrying your head? Yes. In fact, that's why I found out that Paul, his own reaction, his own attitude to that prayer was, or when he was teaching about it, his attitude was more like, pray so you can stop thinking about it. I don't know where I get my point. That was the attitude. Is when you do that, what happens? The peace of God that passes all understanding. Many of us, he said that's the first thing God gives you. Many of us think that, let's just quickly go back there and read it. Philippians chapter 4. Let me start from verse 4. Say, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, what's the next line? Let's read together verse 7. We guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, notice that. Paul made it clear to us, when we go to pray, the first thing that comes as a result of praying is what? The peace of God which surpasses all comprehension or all understanding. What does that tell you? Many of the things that we actually pray about is because we lack peace about them. Do you understand my point? They come to disturb our peace. I'm not saying that we shouldn't pray about them. But you see that is that peace that we actually need. There's a level of peace we will have 
that many of the things we are worried about will not even be worry points, not even become prayer points. Do you get what I'm going to say here? So that's why the first thing that God gives is what? Peace. The first thing he gives is peace. The first thing that he gives is peace. All right? So the attitude of Paul is what I was trying to explain to us here. You will notice that Paul's attitude was that get that thing out of your mind. Get the worries. Get the... um the disturbance of soul out of your heart so that you can focus on the thing that's most important that God wants you to do in, in, in life and do with your life. So he sees prayer here as a way of getting those things out. I'm trying to bring out the fact that if you align yourself with the will of God, many of the things people pray about will not even bother you. Your prayer points for yourself keep on reducing. Your prayer point for yourself will keep on reducing as you grow in grace, as you grow in the knowledge of God. I found out that what happens now is that you now become more occupied. Intercessory prayer starts replacing, in, t- in, time, in a matter of time sharing now, intercessory prayer now starts replacing more of the personal prayers you used to pray. Your personal prayer will be focused more on thanksgiving and consecration. It will be mostly you are bringing worship. You are bringing a sacrifice to God. You'll be spending more time on worship. The prayer of worship and then prayer of intercession. Now, so that's what happens. The Lord is good. Now, so, that what I want to share today, like I, I said earlier, is I want to emphasize something about the fact that God, why prayers sometimes may get delayed. God actually answers prayers. But sometimes prayer actually gets delayed. The answer may appear delayed. But it's a man ought always to pray and not to get tired of praying. That is, what is it that is causing discouragement? It is delay. When you have a right perspective concerning what appears to be delay, do you follow me? Then you will not be discouraged. Now, let me say this to you quickly. The most important thing about prayer, we said it earlier, is that it's changing you, not getting you results. Did you get my point? The most important thing about prayer is what? It's changing you. You are being transformed by it. You are being transformed by it. It's not the result it is getting for you, but the fact that you are being transformed. You are being changed by prayer. That is the most important thing about it. Not just that it's getting you something that you ask God for and the thing is now in your hands. Now, that is an addition. Now, that's the reason why you will not stop praying whether you supposedly got the result or you didn't. Please, I hope you are getting the point I'm making here. All right? Now, so what I want to share with us today, like I said, is to explain this issue of delay. What happens? Why does it happen? And in fact, I titled the message, How to Receive by Faith. What did I call it? How to receive by faith. Yes, how to receive by faith. How to receive by faith. Let's open our Bibles quickly, all right, to continue that. The book of Mark chapter 11. There's a message I preached some time ago titled, um, The Process of Answers. And I'm, I'm sure that many of the things, well, I believe that many of the things I'm going to say today, you will finding that in that message, so please can look at it, uh, look for it on our website and listen to it also, even though they may not be exactly the same, but I think getting both messages will give you a fuller understanding. I may not say everything I said, I can't remember all the things I said, but because of the title, I know it's something similar to what I'm explaining here that we will find inside there. So just recommend that. Alright, let's open to the book of Mark chapter 11. Now I'll give a small, you know, background. The Bible says from verse 12, on the next day, we're going to jump some verses, but let me just give this background, verse 12. On the next day, when they had left Bethany, he became hungry, seeing it at a distance, a fig tree in leaf, that is blossoming. He went to see if perhaps he would find anything on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. He said to it, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. 
and the disciples were listening. Now jump down now to verse um, 19. When evening came, they were they, they would go out of the city. As they were passing by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots up. Being reminded, Peter said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered. And Jesus answered, saying to them, have faith in God. Amplified says, have faith in God constantly. He said, truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted him. Therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray, verse 24, I want to bring up for us again. All things for which you pray and ask, believe you have received them, and they will be granted you. Now let me stop there. Believe you have received them, they will be granted you. Now what I want to just remind us of again is a literal thing that Jesus said, which is what you find if you read the King James. King James says it this way. He says, Therefore I say to you, what things soever ye desire, when you pray, believe that ye receive, and you shall have them. So believe you receive them, and you shall have them. Now what you find in this, uh, the one I read earlier is the New American Standard. Is the translators trying to make sense out of a Greek expression that doesn't rhyme easily with the English? All right? This is exactly what Jesus said. Believe you receive. In an English setting, that hardly makes any meaning. Believe you receive. So, people now interpreted that Jesus said, believe you have received. Now, I meditated on it some time ago, and I realized that no. Jesus didn't say so. What he said is, believe you receive. And in my meditation, I came to this understanding that what he was telling there was present tense, not believe you have received. And that often causes confusion for people when they want to explain some things. Now, remember we talked last time, let's hand all our burdens over to the Lord, okay? And the peace of God comes over our minds. Now, there may be a delay in the physical manifestation. For example, if it's a physical need, need for money, health, and all of that. Now, but when you come here, they say, believe you have received. So we often have a problem. And this happened when I was in school. In fact, I remember one very interesting example of one brother that came to us and said they had now had a car. And what happens is that we read Yongichu's third dimension. And one of the things Yongichu taught us in that book, very interesting, was how to receive by faith like that. So he needed some things in his house, he needed furniture. So he said he had received it. So he went to church and testified that he now had a new set of furniture. And so everybody was excited for him. They were all poor people, so including him too. So they were very happy that pastor is doing okay now. So they came to his house to come and see the furniture. And there was nothing. So the pastor, you just told us in church that you have a new set of, you know, stuff. So at that point in time, he was now confused. How do I handle this? So finally, he explained to them that actually, that a woman that is pregnant, does she have a child or she doesn't have a child? Now, they got confused now. <laughs> he tossed the confusion back to them. So it's like, uh, well, kind of. <laughs> you can't say she doesn't have a child. But you can't say she has. 
So, if it's yes or no, does she have? So, they agreed she has. So, he said, can you see it? No. So, as far as he was concerned, so it is with my furniture. So, they left the place and said, pastor is pregnant. <laughs> and he's going to deliver stool and chair. <laughs> he's going to deliver bed, <laughs> you know, so and dining table. So, the gist was around the area. We have a pregnant pastor. So, he was teaching us how to conceive things and all of that. Now, see here. Let me just say what I've learned over the years. I, learned, I read that book over 30 years ago. What I've learned over the years is this. Christianity is not hard. God is a real father. There's no trick and technique. If you are going to God with, uh, let's go and worship him so his head will swell, you don't understand the father yet. When we praise God and we thank him, let's focus less. There's one song that says, you know I'm not exactly... I'm trying to improve my, sing, no, not singing now, but knowing songs. I'm not trying to sing, leave that. All right? <laughs> but this song that goes like this, when the music fades and um, all the, sing, eh? all the stripped away, <laughs> and I simply come. Now, the point I've gone, he said, I'm, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. But it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. What's the next line? I'm sorry, Lord, for these things I've made. It. Things I've made it, right? When it's all about you. Yeah, this is where I'm going. You see, it's that heart of worship thing I'm bringing out. We tend to be focused more on the words of worship, the acts of worship, the times of worship, rather than the heart of worship. I hope you're getting my point. Sometimes when I hear us pray, I was there too, but I left it years ago. I still fall back into it once in a while. When my wife and I first married then, and even before we got married, she said, I, no, after we married was when she said this one, that I prayed for me. That she, I told her she used to say that I was the strangest Christian she ever met. I'm sure if my wife didn't meet me preaching, if you just met me in church, she will not marry me. She, I'm sure, I, I, I suspect that she will just say, this guy is not serious. But the first time we met, I was preaching. All the time she saw me before then, I was preaching. Alright? I was a young man, quite alright, but I was preaching. But when I began to relate and all of that, she would look like, this guy, you sure, sure you are the same guy? <laughs> you sure the same human being that preaches to us? Initially, she thought I was very dry human being, being a preacher. She just formed her opinion. And a few things we would say, I, I, I would tell her, she felt like this guy is really dry. But then, as time went on, she was like, this guy is interesting. Because most of the things Christians did or believed I did not do, I did not believe. Yes. Uh, there's another guy, when I was in Lagos, he was my colleague, older than me in age, but by the same rank at work. So one day he was trying to describe something for me. I was in Lagos. And so we're describing Redemption Camp area and all of that. So if you go past the Redemption Camp, I say, you know Redemption Camp now? I said, well, I kind of like, yeah, I know where it is. I'll pass it on my way. He said, you've never been to Redemption Camp? I said, no. You've never been to camp? I said, no, I've never been to camp. I've passed it. I know where it is. He said, this boy. I've always wondered the kind of Christian that you are. 
No, I, I never forgot. I laughed and laughed. Like every responsible Christian goes to redemption club. I said, sorry. I, I, never been, I didn't cross my mind. Now, I'm not saying going to camp is wrong. Are you getting my point? But it, the guy just felt that. What is wrong with you? Go where everybody go, <laughs> goes. That was the same thing my wife found that this guy is really strange. So one of those things she said that, that you pray funny. In fact, sometimes when we are praying, she has to open her eyes to know whether I'm talking to her or I'm talking to the Lord. I'll be saying something, and suddenly I'll stop. Then I'll start explaining. So after she would look like, is, this, is he talking to me or, or talking to the Lord? Now where I'm going is that I, some of the things we do, I left them long ago. And that's because I'm bringing prayer home. Do you understand my point? You're talking to somebody. Why I talked about heart of worship is this. That we tend to focus on words and time and, um, you know, mannerisms in worship. And we forget the heart of worship. What is the heart of worship? Just think about children. You as a child or your children. How they relate with their father. How they relate with their mother. That's just it. You know, something happened at that time. I think I'll give an example here. You know, my son asked me for something. When he said thank you, I ran in to go and cry. All he said was, just looked at me. Daddy, thank you. I could see how grateful he was. He didn't say two words, though, more, than, more than that simple sentence. Though. But he was so grateful, I could feel it. Okay, if I tell you what it was, it's a very trivial thing. I don't, sorry, I'm not trying to demarket anybody. I don't, for certain reasons, I stopped paying for cable TV long ago. All right? And my son loves football. So one day I found out that he used to take a stroll out of the house to go and watch UEFA Cup and all of that matches. So when I found out, I told him, no, I don't want to go to watch matches in public places. So he said, no problem. So he went back there one more time to go and tell the friends he had made that he won't be coming again. Why? My dad doesn't want me coming to public places to watch football. They woke up now, came. So he just came to my door, knocked. He said, Daddy, World Cup is starting um, maybe in two days. I would like to watch World Cup. That's all he said. So I said, okay, go and check the bouquet that carries all the matches. Check the cost and all of that. So he went, checked. You know, know the way it is. They have different bouquets. So I think the day of the opening ceremony, so when he, he gave me the information. So I just brought out my, thank God for this digital technology these days. I just brought out my app. So from the bank, this, this, I could find there this thing. I selected the bouquet. This is the correct one. I said, yes, they took my money, paid me, but sorry. <laughs> then, so of course, if it's those days, you call them, you go to their those days. But these days, there are short codes. You send this, send that. But we started doing all of that. Okay, which number that used to register this? So we send this code, send this code. It didn't work. Went online, kept on checking things. So as we are doing it, first, the card first gave us issues. You pull out the card, put the card back in. We finally sorted. So I just, okay, I said, okay, don't worry. I'm so sorry. We've paid, but it's not working. Tomorrow, I take the decoder back to their office. Let's see what they can do. So I just said, oh, I'm so sorry. And I said, ah, that is giving another error message. So I came out to check the error message. Once I saw the error message it was given, I said, this one, we can solve it. So I went online, went to their website, put in some codes, and bam, tapped something. 
So I wasn't looking when the screen just, I know if you know the, those sports channels, they are clear like, they are full HD. Do you understand? Full HD. Oh my God. So the thing just came on. Of course, there was a match on. The thing just came on. Boom! He looked at me and said, Daddy, thank you. Ha! I said, okay, okay, okay. I left, went to my room, and laid down. You know, that heart of, yes. Ah, you know, it's not song. Are you really grateful? Are you really grateful? That's what we're talking about. Are you really, that's what I want Christians to get. No, we are saying, God, thank you. It's not like, that's how we pray. We have to start with thank, thank you. So people start, they, they grumble money till night time to pray, they start thanking God. And God says, make up your mind. And the Lord says, make up your mind now. Which one? You think I'm not listening when you're not talking directly to me? Go and read Malachi. Those that feared the Lord spoke one to another and the Lord heard. You can complain every time. Then when you come to prayer, you forget the heart of worship or you have the words of worship. You have the words of worship. Read my article, Don't Be Without the Spirit. It's compiled inside one of those books, either Habit of Faith or Living by Divine Wisdom, because each one is a compilation, those two books. All right, It's inside one of them. So don't be without the Spirit. Many of us, we are without the Spirit when we pray. The praise is not genuine. It's what God complained about it. The prophet said that, I think it was Isaiah. He said, the fear these people have for me is nothing more than words lent by rote. There is root. It's just something. Let's read that scripture. I think it's very important we read it. Isaiah 29, verse 13. Then the Lord said, Because these people draw near with their words and honor me with their lip service, but they remove their hearts far from me. Listen to this. And their reverence for me consists of tradition lent by root. Notice it. He said, traditions learned by rote. You know what that means? Cramming. That's what we'll call it. It's called cramming. You memorize all the right words, all the right sounds, all the right, you know, manners to use to pray. And God is looking. This guy is not grateful. He has come to ask me for a millionaire. Why? Because he thinks 50,000 that I gave him last week is beneath his level. But to get a million, he has to pretend to be grateful. So let's worship the Lord for the 50,000 he gave. The Lord, the provider of 50,000. And God, look at He's not grateful. He's not grateful. If indeed he were grateful, he would be a bit embarrassed to come back yet. He'd probably wait for some time. He's not grateful. That's what I mean by heart of worship. Listen, we're not supposed to just give thanks because there are right words to use. You have to actually rehearse Thanksgiving. When I say rehearse Thanksgiving is this. Settle down and just look over your life. You know, count your blessings, that song says. Name them one by one. Say it will surprise you what the Lord has done. So David said, bless the Lord, O my soul. And do what? Don't forget. You know what that tells you? Forgetting is natural. It's so easy to overlook. So easy, so easy. You get so accustomed to a blessing, you think it is it's normal. You don't realize it's a blessing anymore. Once we did an exercise in my house, told the children, we were praying. 
As everybody think about a few things you will like to have. And of course, they had a handful of this and that. And I said, okay, start counting the things you have. I, 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 I showed them how to count. Oh, my father, the counting was infinity. What you don't have, they realize it's just a handful of things. What is the funny thing? You, know, you, just, you want to visit this place, you need the new this one. But then they count like 10. They are struggling to look for more. They said, now count the one you have. And I reminded them, the bed. <laughs> count the bed. The room the bed is in, count it. The roof the room is under. You will count it. That roof that the room is under must be counted. Count daddy. You will count mommy. Count your brothers. And count them one by one. Count ah. He will never even count school. You go to church. Count it. You are healthy. Count it. <laughs> one day I told somebody, the person was surprised. I said, none of my children ever took an injection all their lives under my roof. Never. It has never happened one time. The only time somebody gave an injection, they were not with me. They traveled. And my mother-in-law had this. If you sneeze two times, you have seen the doctor. <laughs> one day I told her, I said, mommy, do you know these children have never been injected with anything apart from immunization? You know what they are babies? All these years that they've been living with me. I said, all the years they've taken their life. Is these few weeks they stay with you in a year? You said, check up. Something must be wrong. <laughs> Which disease are you manufacturing in this house? So after that, I gave the children a rule. No matter how you are feeling, before you go to the hospital, give me a call. Tell your grandmother, call daddy. Remember one night, my daughter, she was small, then she was about a year. She had severe diarrhea, very, very bad. They said it was rotavirus. She was vomiting and, you know, stooling, so we're giving her ORS and all of that. Finally, it got really bad. I called my guy, pediatrician. Okay, I should meet him in a children's emergency. Okay, we got there. So what do we do? We will set a drip. Maybe we'll just watch. All right. Except that when we got there, the child was falling asleep and was fine. We had the oral rehydration so there. And the, so three of us, me, my wife, and the pediatrician sat down watching the little girl sleep. But that was one year, I said, well, I think I should be going home. <laughs> it was just a pointless trick. I made the guy leave everything he was doing. But we all sat down, we were telling stories and watching the little girl sleeping. It's as if <laughs> the vomiting said that the hospital with this or no, no need. As soon as they got there, the young girl just went off to sleep. Well, and she was fine, though. We waited there, we got there around, 11, around 12 midnight, around past one. I said, bros, I think we can be going home. The guy agreed to. You, go. She, you have the oral rehydration. So, yeah, we still have it. Just be giving. And when she wakes up, that is the first time you'll have had to set a drip. Are you serious? Yes, I'm telling you. Not one has taken an injection under my roof. The oldest is already 20. All of them, the rest are all teenagers. If I can't give God thanks for that, people like I say, I must be high on something. I don't know where you're going to find I must be high on something. I must be high on something. People have tried. Ah, one, day, one man saw me on the road. Saw me somewhere. No, no, it didn't seem somewhere. We had a meeting. He said, ah, Banky. One day I was, you know, he said two children crossed the road in front of me. And I looked at them that they look familiar. Then I looked, oh, these are Banky's children. 
I said, where are they coming from? I said, they are coming from school. Oh, they go to school by public transport. I said, before I go. <laughs> so, yeah, no, they, they enter bus by themselves, go. They go, normally they get dropped, but coming back, no. So many times, many times, not all the time, of course. Well, in fact, it was, it's now things are changing because of my wife's work and all of that. Then, hey, give them money, put in your, put somewhere in their school that time. I don't know, children are very funny. They used to disappear people's money in school, so. <laughs> my wife had to train one of my children how, where to talk money, though. You wear money inside socks to go to school. Which car? And people say government is the problem. Government is not the problem. <laughs> the one day, my, my oldest guy did one funny thing. And the mother looked at him like, do I look like a child to you? There are schools that are that around about then. So he took a while to come home. Ah, so when he came home, his mother said, what happened? He said he lost his transport money. So he tried to upper Chime to go and borrow money from his friend. Excuse me. So what I look like? So that one, he didn't have money. That one's okay. He has money at home. He said, but the distance you cover to his house is further than the house you are going to. <laughs> I told him, well, like, just leave him. You know, little child just said, okay, let me go and play with my friend. So he trekked to his friend's house to go and borrow money. Then trekked back to the school to take transport home. All this trekking will have gotten you home and back to school the next day. <laughs> what I'm saying is that in all of this, God has been keeping them. That's why I was telling all these stories. And then I shouldn't thank. I, one day I there sat down and said, hey, guys, let's practice. They counted and counted. I said, you see, if you bother to give, the, just be careful to count. You will realize that you can actually be in thanksgiving for hours. With the true heart of worship. It's not about methods and, that's what I'm trying to emphasize about prayer. It's about reality. Just think about how a child approaches the father. Like that, I told you, my son moved me to tears with two words. Three words. Thank you, Daddy. That's how he said it. I said, ah, this small act can please somebody this much. Now, so you can act, it's not about singing God's songs first. Let his songs be expressions of something. Like, ah, how do I say this, Lord? Ah, I remember Natanabasi said this. Let me, let me borrow the words of Natanabasi, Lord, to express what's inside my heart. Oh, I'm, Messaging will said it this way. Lord, let me sing her song. Jesus, you love me too much, oh. Too much, oh. Too much, oh. Excess love, oh. But do you really mean it? You're borrowing songs from these people to express what is inside your heart. So the songs are good. We're not saying they are all good. But they must first be what? A heart of worship. I began this time to explain something that prayer is not about methods. It's about knowledge of who we are dealing with. It's about knowing who the Father is. That's it. When you know who he is, know every other thing. I don't th- did anybody ever explain to children how to make requests? Like, just being in the house. Like, Pastor Kimothy was leading us prayer just now. 
He was talking about the you know, fatherhood, just the experience of fatherhood. They just know how fathers behave. They know how good fathers behave. Now I want to add words. And know how good and capable fathers behave. But that's the one we're dealing with. Is a father, is a good father, and is a capable father. In fact, my daughter has a way of. No, I have children that behave. They have some of them have this wit about them. All right. So sometimes the other day, they, they, they were, I think we were going to church or going to school or something. So they came. Um, all right, we need this. We need that. So right, okay, take this, take this. So after we did money for this, I gave. Ah, after I were. I said, you guys are kind of expensive. Don't you think so? <laughs> My daughter said, that's why you are blessed. You just said it, you no? Know? Yeah, matter of factly. He said, that's why you are blessed. Now bring the money. That is like, that is oh, why. No, she said, how do I say, matter of factly. It wasn't a joke. It was not uh, mockery. It was, it was like, I beg, bring the money. Don't you have it? You do. So what is it for? It was a matter of fact issue. She just said it. That's why, you know, like that kind of, stop complaining. That's why you are blessed. I hope I get my point here. It's a relationship thing. It's understanding who we are dealing with. It's not all the methods. That's why sometimes some of the prayers, Christians pray. I wonder that, do you really expect somebody to answer you? I don't think so. Yeah, you're not praying as if you're talking to somebody. You pray as if it's a fight. What is all this fight? If it's a fight, please, let me give you an assignment. Go throughout the whole Bible, especially the New Testament, especially the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, and follow with Paul and Peter and see how they prayed. Jesus used to pray, most of the time, off the cuff. All right, like, Father, I thank you. And that's Thanksgiving most, most times. Because you have hidden these things from the wise and reveal them to babes. You were just so grateful. You were just so grateful. There are things around, around my life, physical, material things. Like sometimes I look at my car. I'm approaching and I say, ah, I said, look, this car is beautiful. Thank you. And I mean it. And I, that is mean. It's why when they just finish washing my car or more, the thing is fine. From the bottom, I would just look at it and say, Lord, you know, sincerely I'll tell him, thank you. That as I lie down in my bedroom, I just look, look from one corner to the other. I just whisper under my breath, Lord, thank you. He knows what I mean. He knows what I'm talking about. He knows I've never prayed, me and my wife, knelt down, Lord, give us a house. Can't remember ever doing it. Oh, Lord, time is passing. Oh, this. There are things, you know, do you get what I'm going to say? Some things they happen today. <laughs> there are some events that happened around me, family, and all that for some, in the last few months that just showed me how futile human planning, human ability, you know, can be. So I just said, I just look at God again. I just said, Lord, thank you. Like, you are helping me see it so I don't fall into the trap of relying on it. Thank you. Thank you. The times I look back at things that happened long ago, huh? I said, Lord, now wow. Thank you. You know, let me give you an example. 
I give a lot of praise for Kingdom World Ministries and my coming to Enugu, my wife, marrying my wife. Shortly after we married, we came to town. And I told her that whatever we're going, we didn't know when we were getting married, we didn't know we were coming to Enugu. But within, whether in December, by September, we were in Enugu. So the year before, I didn't know I was coming to this city. It was not even planned at all. I just knew that I might be leaving Lagos. I wasn't sure. Okay? So shortly after I got married, we got married, we came to Enugu. And then I told her then that I'm going to, of course, you knew from time I was going to preach. That's the main thing I'm living for and all of that. So we're going to preach. So we came to town and of course kingdom was started. And so over the years, you know, things have happened, you know, we're preaching. And every time I get testimonies, that's where I'm going. You get testimonies of how the word has affected people. If I want to give us, give me a testimony in Oka that I told my wife, it, look, it looks like people even have more faith in what I preach than I do. I don't know whether you're getting my point. When, he said if I entered their house, that three different people are listening to Pastor Banker at three, on three different side by side. Look, you open this door, somebody's playing one message. You open this other door. And as I tell you the story about his life, after I had to tell him, bros, I did go and The story was long. The story was really long. Describing how the word has formed him every step of the way. He would just describe this, describe this. Then this began to happen. Then I was thinking, what will I do? Then I tuned in and you said this. And exactly what I needed. No, he just kept on going and on. I mean, I heard those testimonies again and again and again and again and again. And this is where I'm going. You know what they used to scare me when I heard those testimonies? I said, my wife, I said, now wow. I said, do you know we too could have said, let's go and look for money first. Yeah. Now that thought scares me. That is, you mean we could have said no. Now, let me tell you something. People never tell God, no, I'm not doing it. You have been called to ministry, I know they go, I know they go. They don't tell him that. We are too afraid of him, most of us, to do that. Almost every time where we make our mistakes is what we do first. Let me first go and bury my father. Let me go and tell the people bye-bye. Let me go and make money first. Let me go and establish a business. And when the business is established, I will not leave, so I won't have to depend on anybody for money. Let me go first. That's always the, well, almost always what the problem is. You think them must say, let me leave Paul entirely? Say, no. Let me just go and settle down. Then when I've built a house, okay, I will come back. It's what we do first that's usually the problem. So occasionally, I look at all of those things. I say, hey, hey. Now, wow. So I tell my wife, we'll just be discussing. I say, you mean so we could have said no? Now, no in that regard. We could have gone to do something else first. Sometimes I, I fear will just, you know, like you say, fear catch me. But where I'm going with all of this is that now that we didn't do that, I don't think that, you see, we love the Lord. No. I tell the Lord what? Thank you. For constraining us, for constraining me, for not, you know, because I, I told you, a friend of mine came in, he was going abroad, and he came and explained to me, we're age mates, childhood friends, family friends. In fact, he can pass for a brother, I mean, literal physical brother, okay? Because of his, 
his bills, his everything, you know. Nonsense were children. When he told me why he was going abroad, that day, I was heartbroken. I felt like a thorough, a thorough idiot. Selfish one. Who did not know anything about helping other people, but only thinking about himself. That's why you can do this will of God, will of God thing. And after he left, I laid down in my small apartment that time. And I laid on my bed and I was crying. God, I'm so sorry. How could I be this foolish? How could I be this selfish? And all he did was just explain how he's making his move to be able to help his family. And it dawned on me that never crossed my mind at any time. I was like, the will of God, the will of God. God's plan for your life. Because this would have been confusing me that time where Miles Morrow, Kenneth Hagin, who else joined to come? Bishop Oedipo. Yeah, Oedipo was one, Bishop Oedipo was one of the most confusers. Kenneth Hagin, Miles Morrow, Bishop Oedipo. Uh, Derek, okay, yeah, Derek Prince, yeah, he was beginning to join the confusing group that time. I didn't know him too much that time. I knew someone was messy, but later on I really got into Derek Prince. Quite a number of them. So there's one that have confused this guy. Hey, Oswald, J. Smith. So those who have been confusing me, that I should follow the will of God. Then my friend now came and showed me how they were misled. We didn't mention their names, though. But these are people I followed in trying to do God's will. And this guy now showed me that there are other things to do. Go and bury your father first. Go and greet people first. It just all those in the scripture. It didn't show me like it didn't quote them, but it told me. And that's why my heart was heartbroken. I was like, Jesus, how could I have been like this? I never thought this all that way. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I said I was feeling bad. I lay down there. I was feeling terrible. Then the, and listen, I can say this clearly. Then the word of the Lord came to me clearly saying, except a man hates his father, mother, brothers, and sisters, and all this we are mentioning, he cannot be my disciple. You know what that meant? Why is this your crocodile tears? Get off from there. I love them more than you love them. I have more ability to take care of them more than you have. So pretend like you are better than me, kinder than me. Look at you. Are you their God? That's what he said in effect. Immediately I, you know, let me tell you something about God. When he says stop crying, better stop. <laughs> See, otherwise your eye will see something else. Exactly. I will give you cause to cry. Sure you want to cry. And that's one thing the Lord does. He gives strange commandments, like don't cry. He killed Aaron's children. And said, if I hear me, yeah, so we rejoice the boys are dead. <laughs> yeah. Took Ezekiel's wife. Ezekiel, come on, stop that crying thing. Oh, that, you know, that, that evil proverb says you can't beat a chanted giant not a cry. It's not a godly proverb. God can do it. <laughs> God will beat a child and tell the child, if I seek, if I hear, we. That day I remember that day very well. I just cleaned my tears and realized that, oh boy, if you want to follow Jesus Christ, that's just the way it is. That's when I started learning later from people like Oswald Chambers. Oswald Chambers. About the cost of discipleship. He says it's not you. He says it's those you love. Later on, I learned was how Satan talks. That my friend just spoke the words of Satan for me without realizing it. 
exactly what the, the, Peter did to Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, you know how do you know the words of Satan? You are not minded the things of God. You are minded the things of man. So I look at that and I said to the Lord, thank you. That's why I'm talking about it. I, I realized it was not me. It was the Holy Spirit that his spirit entered into me and set me on my feet. So if I stood on my feet that day and cleaned my tears and began to, you know, I continued where we are because it was like occupy until I come. There's always until I come. Wait there. Tarry in Jerusalem until. There's always this until thing. Don't go anywhere. Stay there. I don't know how I knew it, but I just said that whatever the Lord will take me after now is where ministry is going to start from. I think around this one, I'm telling you, maybe later that year, yeah, I think the following year was when I met my wife. The year after that, we got married. The year after that, we were in Enugu. As soon as I got into Enugu, I said, ministry will start. I'm talking about why I tell him thank you. I tell him thank you all the time because I realized that whatever it is, the whatever method, whatever magnitude of blessing that this ministry has been to anybody is not a it's not human planning. It's not even wise, you know. I personally have the experience of when they say that I did not come to you with the excellency of man's wisdom. I know that one very well. I went to preach somewhere. I think I told the story before. One church, then we go here. One of the big uh, holiness churches. They had the men's program. I went to preach. They said I should talk on mentorship. Very strange topic. You know, it's not the kind of topic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not my kind of topic. You know, I do faith and, you know, <laughs> righteousness and will of God, you know, stuff like that. So when I got there, I told them that you guys said I should come and talk on mentorship, which is very strange because I don't even know what you mean by mentorship because, <laughs> yeah, that's the way I behave. I told them as much that I don't really get what they are saying. <laughs> they also laugh the way you are laughing. So I said, well, I, I, I can't remember what I preached. I just started talking. I said, look, I'll just tell you a few things that I have in my mind because I said, these are words that um, I don't use often. I just talked to them like that. I talked. So I think I spoke about an hour. I don't know how long. I, talked to, I, I, I spoke and spoke. Now, that's not what I'm telling you. What I'm telling you is one guy that came afterwards. He came. He greeted me. He said he had never in his life heard somebody preach like this. He said, when the Bible says that Jesus spoke as one having authority, he said, now I understand. He said, I felt like the disciples must have felt sitting at the feet of Jesus. Now, why, why I'm telling you that is that I started by saying, I don't know what you call mentorship. I don't even know what you want me to talk about. I just started talking. And the guy said, oh, so this, was, this must have been how it felt, sitting at the feet of Jesus Christ. I was not a baby Christian. He traveled down for that program. So I know what I'm telling you when I say that I know what Paul meant when he said I did not come with the excellency of man's wisdom. In fact, my wife is used to this. Sometimes we get home, I say, Kai, I don't think I enjoyed my message today. I don't even know what I was saying. She doesn't even say anything anymore. She just look at me and say, mm, all right. You know why? Those are usually the messages people are like, give me a copy. Give me a copy. People are talking about. That's the woman. She's just looking at you. Okay. She, she's gotten used to it. What's going to make? It is not like you have ability. Do you care what I'm saying? No. 
as I listened to one preacher preaching once, and he was teaching preachers how to suspend their audience and deliver the message. I was like, <laughs> yeah. And I was looking at it like, is this guy serious? <laughs> and we analyze something that Jesus did. It, it was going on. I was like, excuse me? You can plan this? In that book, that article, which is inside the book, Don't Be Without the Spirit, I explained that thing there. That I gave the story of Caesar Milan. Caesar Milan is the guy they call the dog whisperer. This guy can handle, at least the way they present him to us, any dog. Dogs that the owners are afraid of. Crazy dogs. Real, you know, dogs that don't have no fear of owner, no fear of anything. Zia Milan will go in there with nothing. Nothing to protect himself. Where's the dog? They open the door. And he walks in, cameras on him. And he walks in and handles the dog, calms the dog down, chains the dog, and put, that is, so they call him the dog whisperer. So in the book, what the dog saw, all right, Malcolm Gladwell analyzed Caesar Milan. And I was reading the word, I had watched Caesar Milan, I mean, I watched a lot of his episodes, The Dog Whisperer, I'd seen it years before. So when I got the book, What the Dog Saw by Malcolm Gladwell, I saw him analyze Caesar Milan. When they see Caesar Milan, what do they see? They see composure. They see his fluid movement. How his joint aligns with his head. And I was looking at, I was reading like, Malcolm Gladwell, are you together? <laughs> when he finished analyzing the whole thing, I told myself, but Malcolm Gladwell, Caesar Milan is not aware of all these things. He just handles dogs. You are the one that now put camera on all his movements and notice that his, his toe goes forward before his thumb and then his nose goes to the left when he's... You are the one that understands. Then I left there and wrote the article. Don't be without the spirit. That when you, are, when you have the spirit, the actions will come out automatically. Go and copy Caesar Millian's action. Don't go bite you. <laughs> the Lord is good. I'm saying all of this to let you know why I say thank you. I thank God for all kinds of things. The other day, I saw some money in a small bag in my house. And I was looking for something. And I saw the money inside. It was not a lot of money. But I just said, ha, you know, what happened? So that day I went, I needed to buy some things. I bought this our, our, in our streets. Our transformer had an issue. It's, been, it's since been fixed anyway. So for a week, we're running on generator all the time. So from that money, I bought fuel. I bought bread, I bought this, and then the money remained 1,000 there, you know. Now, now this is the gist about it. So when I go home, I looked at that bread, I said, the bread is free. Now, you see why I say it's free. I look at the bread, I said, the bread is free. Everything I bought, the foil, everything, I said, the things are free. Why? It's old notes. And that money has been there for over a year. Do you get what I'm saying? You know, we're enough for Supreme Court. <laughs> I would have just discovered that money in that bag. I would have, oh, what is all of this? So because I didn't know the money was there, and secondly, because it's old notes, 
And then the moment I found it that day, I had a lot of things I needed for the house, and I bought everything. So I took everything that day as what? A gift. So I looked again and said, Ah, Father, thank you. I could, look, I'm just using small, small things here and there to show you, you can be truly grateful. That's what faith is. It's not about, um, ah, it's not like we are coming to, uh, let's just worship him. Let's begin to worship him. You're not worshiping him? Worship him. Worship him. Lord, we worship you. We worship you. And God doesn't know what you are talking about. There's no thank you from the bottom of your heart. There's no, Lord, you are God. You know, there are things God will do. You know, say, ah, God, only you could have done this. Say, Lord, only you could have done this one. That's what I'm talking about, praise. That only, you know, I, of course, you know I understand human anatomy and physiology, especially physiology very well. I know how the human body functions. And today, I think I was climbing the steps, and I was talking to the Lord. I said, if anybody says there's no God, what do we do to him? <laughs> I was asking God, though. Like, Lord, what should we do to such persons? How can you say there's no God? How can you say everything that we have came out of nothing? So I said, Lord, if it's ignorance, forgive them, teach them a lesson. I said, but if it's stubbornness, you know what to do. I don't know what he's going to do. Because to me, it was just amazing that you say there's no God. How can you say that? Because when you see the way the human body works, when you see it, how it works, like there's this very this celebrated atheist, I think it's Richard Dawkins. Dawkins is a biologist. So one day, a man that won a Nobel Prize in chemistry says something. He was, was interviewing him. I saw the video. The man says, the man says he's an agnostic in that he said he doesn't know. So he was asking Dawkins. He said, think about it like this. He said, maybe all these laws of nature, this guy is a, is, is a, he got a Nobel Prize in chemistry, all right? That all these laws of nature and everything that we study, that maybe somebody actually wrote them. Maybe that, he said he doesn't know. That was open to that possibility. That what, maybe what we are just doing is discovering something that somebody put in place and all of that. He was asking Dawkins, when he finished, Dawkins said something. In fact, I told, I forwarded the video to my, one of my classmates who follows Hitchkins and Dawkins. And I tell him that he's fooling himself. Alright? So I forwarded the video to him and he didn't pass any comments. I said, this is your guy. I said, look at the person you are following. I said, this guy is totally senseless. I said, how can you follow a man like this? And my guy did not answer because it was totally senseless. And now let's know what I'm saying. Anymore. Let me finish the story. You'll get the point. So that man asked Dawkins. He said, peradventure, somebody wrote the law. Maybe we are just researching into the laws that somebody made. So he said, what do you think? The guy said, this guy doesn't believe in God, though, but he said he's just open to the possibility. Maybe. Dawkins said, oh, well, 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 well I, I, um, I don't share that opinion because if somebody had to do all of that, listen to this. You know, that person has to be incredibly smart. Is that why we call him God? Yes. <laughs> when he said that, I said, this guy is really foolish. That is why he's amazing. 
That is why we say there is none like him. That's why we say he's great and his name is great in might. That's why we say, who should not fear you? Oh, king of the nations. Because it is your due. For amongst all the wise leaders of the nation and in all their kingdoms, there is no one like you. Is that why we say so? You just stood there and told us he should be praised. And you still don't want to believe in him. And this man is willing to believe that all these things came out of nothing. Then nothing must be incredibly smart. Like Paul said, what you worship as an unknown God, I want to introduce to you. What you call nothing, we know. His name is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That day I was preaching and he just hit me. I said, what is the foundation of faith? It's Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. See, if you can believe Genesis, now, Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 is written everywhere. It's written everywhere. Genesis 1 1 is written in leaves. Genesis 1-1 is written in the stars. Genesis 1-1 is written in, in, in the butterfly. Genesis 1-1 is written in the sand. Genesis 1-1 is written in water. Genesis 1-1 is written everywhere. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Because if you bother to look, you should ask, where did you come from? And the answer is Genesis 1 verse 1. If you just believe that, then Jesus will reveal himself to you. That is his duty. I'm talking about praise. Everything I've done now to describe the praise of God. So, sometimes when we are praising, it's not just like, let's just praise him. No, we borrow songs. We borrow words that will help us encapsulate what we have discovered concerning him. That's what prayer is. That's what prayer is. Prayer is sincere. It's sincere. If you sit down and count, do you know, even mistakes, oh God, you know what? <laughs> Every day I keep on worshiping God more. And when I say worship is, of course, three things. The first two are talking about praise and what? Thanksgiving. I like reading, well, these days I prefer watching, it's easier for me and all of that. And listening to videos on, really on YouTube. Places I go, people talk about advancing science and all of that. I listen to all of them. So this guy was teaching physics. I'd never heard of it before. My first time of hearing physics say things that I've been saying forever. You can go and Google up what they call retrocausality. I said, uh-huh. when I said God can change the past, it was as if I was talking nonsense. Now, there is a law, there is a theory in physics called retrocausality. That is, you take an action and it changes what happened beforehand. Yes. Now, have they proven it? No. But the physicists can conceive of it. And they are now researching into what they call retrocausality. I said, I started worshipping again. Yeah, because I said, is it not what I've been saying? You've heard me long enough. to so say, don't tell me God can't change the past. Now, physicists is writing theories. They are, disc- they are analyzing whether it makes sense on what they call retrocausality. That is, an event is determined by what happened after. So they started studying quantum this quantum physics and all of that. When I, when I do the quantum, I will be laughing. I say, but this is in scripture now. When here is the same today, yesterday, today, and forever. That's the Lord of retro-causality. <laughs> I said, when I read that, I said, yeah. I, I said, Father God, 
to you be all the glory. At least I can say something. I've said this for over 10 years. Before I heard it for the first time, that physicists who are, who are discussing and saying there is no God are discussing things that we said 10 years beforehand. We found that God is greater than time. And that's the reason why for him, retrocausality is a small thing. It's one of those small, small things. Things you just do in the morning before you start work. <laughs> I hope you're getting my point. That, see, I'm describing what praise is. It's the praise of God. So, when we go to God in prayer, we're not trying to wind him. I'm not trying to wind him like God do. Let's wind you small, whether you go fit. Oh, Lord. Oh, great God. Great King. Oh, Lord. Great God. Great King. And he's looking like, what are you saying? You don't have any idea. God said, hey, listen. When rain falls, sit down. I like the way those say that. There's a song I've been listening to. Now, I'm, doing, I'm, I'm, I'm working on my song ministry. That is, hearing song ministry. Please, not singing ministry, but song hearing ministry. So, I, I, I put one song in the car. Make it play like maybe 50 times before I switch to the next one. So there's one I've been listening to in the last few days. It's titled Amazing by Dunsin Oyekon. He said, um, you speak from heaven and we call it thunder. He said, Lord, you're amazing. He said, you smile from heaven and we call it rainbow. Lord, you're amazing. He said, you look from heaven, we call it sunshine. He said, Lord, we are, you, you're amazing. He said, then you make us made us in your likeness. He said, that's super amazing. I've heard that song, I don't know how many times. Anytime he says it. And of course, the Bible says, God spoke. This is my beloved son. Some people say, what? Well, it thundered. The man, I mean, it's the truth. It's in scripture. And indeed, it's amazing. God is amazing. This afternoon, I thought about it again. I said, oh, before they said, where is heaven? Where is heaven? You want to mention the distance between heaven and earth in kilometers. It's not doable. They asked one man. He was, his, he was his, yeah, an astronaut. When you got there, did you find God? He said, no. He, they were laughing, mocking. He went into space and he didn't find God. Now, if you don't know physics, <laughs> see, if you don't know anything, it will impress you that we went there, we didn't find God. You did not go to space. Where did you go? The clown did not even reach the moon. Physicists have shown us, astronomers, they have shown that this is your so-called Earth, the space around, in fact, let me not even start. The solar system, Voyager traveled since 1970-something until a few years ago to finally leave our solar system into interstellar space. For almost 50, for over 40 years, Voyager 2 was traveling before it finally left our solar system. This astronaut just went somewhere and said he didn't see God. And according to David Paulson, remove your, your space suit, you foresee him. <laughs> he didn't see God. Remove your space suit. <laughs> if the first one explained that you didn't go anywhere, you took Earth with you. Yes, now you took a you know, some earth with you. Remove that space suit, you will see God. In fact, you don't need to see God, you see the devil. That's good enough. <laughs> Toss your butt into hellfire. <laughs> now, this is where I'm going. We have now come to understand. 
that heaven and earth, the real heaven, the third heaven, is not separated by distance. It's separated by dimension. And again, physicists have described these things for us. And they've explained this, that, that these dimensions, they are not, they pack on top of each other. And I've, the interesting part, I heard Noel Woodrow say this long ago. When, when Jesus comes, in an instant, will be changed. Just your switch from one, di- it's not about start traveling. Oh boy, just start before me, let's be good. No! One dimension switches for another dimension. That's why those of you said, he's amazing. He's amazing. The God of the dimensions. I hope you're getting my point. So it's not, we're not just looking for, uh, let's sing one song to wind him up, to wind him up so that he'll be happy. And when he's happy, when we have told him something about himself he doesn't know before, then, then he'll now bless us <laughs> as payment. These boys, they tried this morning, they praised me. Where I'm going with all of that, though, prayer is not this mechanical. There must be a heart of genuine prayer which you can discover from observing children. That's why I told you what my daughter said. I just was joking with them. I said, you kids are kind of expensive. She just said, matter of fact. I said, that's why you are blessed. Now give us money. This one, you are there complaining. <laughs> I hope you're getting my point. And so when they come, they don't come to the door. So yeah, you start. Daddy, oh daddy, you are great. No. <laughs> On my birthday, you can do that. I don't mind. Are you getting my point? It's more of, Daddy, I need this, I need this. I need that. Okay, what do you need it for? This is the reason. And then, I'll explain something. I can actually overrule. And say, you don't need it. Yes. The Heavenly Father, He can overrule. He can tell you you don't need it. He can say the time is not now. And He can say the time is not ever. You don't need it. You can say what you're asking for is going to be a distraction as far as your destiny is concerned. Why should we give it to you? He can say that. He can say that. Because we're dealing with the real father here. And that's, what, that's why Jesus, when he said, teach us to pray, what was the first thing he said? Our father. He wants us to know we are dealing with a real person. Who, remember the qualities we gave in number one? He's a father. A good father and is a capable father. He wants us to know. Those are the, that's the person. Those are his traits, his attributes. That is the person we are dealing with. So when we come to his that kind of attitude, you know he's capable. Like I don't ever, there's nothing like something is incurable with. I don't, you know, I don't like people giving, stop, you know, stop making excuses for why God can't do something. Don't make excuses for why he can't do something. Yeah, just leave it. I hear people say things like, God can forgive you, but his car will remain. Where do you read in your Bible? Where do you read it? Just say, he can forgive. Leave it there. Don't, don't qualify his forgiveness. Don't qualify. Just say, he can forgive. Leave it. Don't, don't try and explain. I know it may not be possible, possible for you to believe for every big thing, but don't kill the faith of those who are coming after. That's how some, so some of us one day decided that the age of miracles has passed. Why? Because we didn't see miracles, so we decided that it's not happening. Just that I didn't see miracles. Leave it like that. Your children will see it. You may even see it yourself. 
Don't, 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 don't make excuses. Don't make excuses. I don't like people giving me excuses for... I, some of them, I understand those excuses. I, I, I read them in school. I wrote the exam and passed on bad excuses. This will lie to us. Those dangers of having many children. We now grow, grow up and realize they were all lies. Dangers of sinners having many children. That's a different thing. Yeah, that's a different matter. Can't be using, you know, using the life of Adam under a curse to describe somebody who's blessed of God. What do you mean by that? Just leave it. Don't, what I'm saying so is that let God walk his walk. You know, don't come and tell somebody that, uh, you know, God can forgive you, but this car will remain. Say, so what is it? Is he broke? Is he weak? Are you getting my point? He's God now. So what's, does he have a problem? Should we help him? Because when you are doing both for him now, some things are now beyond his power. So God, he'll remove this car, do everything together. Don't come and give us excuses for your, your own belief. He's God. If he wants to leave this car, it's a different story. But don't tell me God can bot. What is bot in it? If I don't like this car, then say, hello, sir. Good morning, daddy. I prostrate. Heavenly Father, thank you for forgiveness. But Bill, I say, you leave scar behind. Can you remove it? I want to go out. If you know he can, he will. He requ- no, see, that's something about faith. Faith requires you to understand some things. Are you getting my point? Yeah, faith requires you. And that's why we keep on teaching. We keep on teaching. For people to come to a point of full persuasion. Don't let anybody undermine your faith be telling you. Stu- Look, I told you, read, read testimonies. Read testimonies of those who were shot point blank and nothing happened to them. For example, people that were shot and killed. There are people who have been shot point blank and nothing happened. And the bullet jammed. And it's in scripture. That's the gun jammed. It's in scripture. Isaiah 54 says it clearly. No weapon that is fashioned against you will do what? We prosper or succeed. When you hear any story testimony like that, spread it around. Spread it around. Let people's faith be boosted. The Bible says concerning that woman with the issue of blood, she heard of Jesus. There were things she heard. There were things she heard. And I noticed something, the whole, listen to this, very important. In the whole of that account, Matthew, all of, the, all of the four of them, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the only person, the only person, the only, only person that Jesus mistakenly did not want to heal, that was recorded for us. The woman agreed. <laughs> that would have been one for us to hold on to. So Jesus does not always heal. God said, let me show you. He wrote the scripture. He wrote the story there. That was the Syrophoenician woman. He said, please heal my daughter. She's gravely afflicted. Afflicted. And Jesus didn't answer. The woman refused to go away. She came back. My daughter is sick. Oga, help us. It turned like this. He came from the other side. I mean, you know Peter, James, and John, they used to surround Jesus Christ. So it was, it go like this, Peter goes, Madam, how far now? Because <laughs> <laughs> he said, John, say, please, ma, please, now. you've been here since yesterday. The master is not answering you. Go, are you the master? <laughs> Finally, he just went inside and said, okay, please, please. Let this, just talk to her so she can go. She's insisting. We have explained to her that it couldn't work. 
But she wouldn't agree to go. She now brought her to Jesus Christ. Jesus said, you say, check him. Is it right to give the children's bread to dogs? Have been sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. The woman said, you are very correct. You can't give children's bread to dogs. But when the children finish eating, you sweep out the crumbs. You throw out for the dogs. You throw out into the street. Can the dogs eat? Said, the dogs can eat that one. Said, that's what I'm asking for. Ah, Jesus said, see faith. <laughs> Heavenly Father, see faith. Said, daughter, great is thy faith. Said, go. According to what you have believed, it is done to you. The daughter was healed. That would have been the only one we said that it would have held on to you. Said, Jesus, there were people that came and didn't heal them. That was the one that God even took that testimony away from us. If you don't know how we look at me, I've learned that thing. I will just pray. That's, that's all I can do. I will just do what? I will just pray and leave the matter there. I won't make excuses. Say, ah, what is it? Cancer. Ah, that one is hard. Have you seen the doctor? But when you see small headache, he cobayalized with speaking tongues. Faithless, faithless, faithlessness. Now for headache, and you know all you are trying to heal in the headache, let's be honest, is psychologic healing. You know the person who you can, uh, can you know, see now you are healed, see I'm healed, see I'm healed, now only headache. I'm not saying God cannot heal headache, that's what I'm saying. But I'm saying when we say anything bigger than that, fear will catch us. What am I saying? Just pray the prayer. Just mention the name of God. Just pray and leave it. Don't give any story. Don't, tell, don't try and couch it. Just pray it. Ask and leave it there. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying the fact that, listen, prayer is not, there's, no, there's nothing, it's not the mechanical, uh, do like this, do like this, do like this. No, it's a matter of persuasion. Think about how children come. They come, Daddy, I want this. And a good father gives it. And if child says, thank you, even before he gets it. Once he says, don't worry about it. And he says, thank you. And he goes away. Is that attitude that prayer is about? Now, sometimes answers will appear delayed. That's what I wanted to explain. But I've been talking about this all, all this while. I said we should open somewhere. Did we read it? Yeah, Mark chapter. Yes. Mark chapter 11. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why I went to do that. You know, what we didn't understand, we felt that. To get something from God, we have to just really pretend, you know, like we have one faith we don't have. And people start saying things like, uh, uh, I have received it already. So where's the car? Say, ah, my brethren have a new car. Say, thank God for me. Say, ah, we thank God for you. What make is, is it? It's a 2022, um, let's say, Nissan um, Pathfinder. Ah, thank God for your life. Oh, ah. You carry us to church with it on Sunday night. He said, thank God. So on Sunday we'll be waiting. We'll call you. The number you have called is not available at the moment. <laughs> Please try again later. Then you see the brother in church. How are you? Fine? Ah, how is the car? It's fine. It's fine. Where is it? Um, it's not here right now. Ah, we cause confusion. I remember one of our brothers, Jesus was like, have you heard? Hey, this man has a new car. Hey, we're rejoicing. Hey, we're dancing. Very happy. It took us months to know he was pregnant. <laughs> After I studied that scripture, you know what I think Jesus was saying? This is how I read it. Mark chapter what? 
11. He said that, let's just go back there. Mark chapter 11. I'll read out King James again because it will help me bring up the thing I was trying to say. He said, truly I say to you, verse 23. Let me just read. Yeah, 24. Therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe you have received them. King James says, believe you receive them and they will be granted you. Sorry, I'm just, I have two versions open, so my eyes switching between both of them. 24, okay. And ye shall have them. Now, believe you have received them, and you shall have. Let, let's be honest with ourselves, it really doesn't rhyme. It doesn't. We try to make it look like it because it's spiritual. No, it's simple. It's very simple. And that's what I'm trying to teach us today. Anytime you pray, God heard. That's what I'm trying to say. And that's what he's saying here. Believe that God heard you. So what do you mean by receive? The moment you ask him, the process is on. So the best way I could find to explain this in English is believe you are receiving and you shall have. That is, it may eventually it will become fully manifested. That's what he said. So the, I asked God for a car. What should I say? Ah, brethren, I've asked the Lord for a car and he's sending me one. Can you see? There's no confusion in it. There's absolutely no confusion. He has heard me and he's sending one. So I don't have to be dodging people. Where's the car? It's come. No, I don't have to be pregnant. He's sending one. It's a simple, I don't know, it's so simple. It's so simple. It's so simple. And it's like, I mean, like my son came to me that he needed to pay for something, you know, his school clearance and stuff like that. Okay, fine. So how much money do you need? He told me. When do you need it? Well, the man who's doing everything for me, he said when he has gotten all the documents ready, I'll send the money. Okay, fine. And that was the end of the discussion. I didn't say, okay, take the money. No. And the day he told me, aha, uh-huh. okay, the man said everything is ready. He had told me the, the amount. We didn't even discuss again. I just woke up one morning and said, oh, I'm supposed to send this young man money. I brought out my banking app, transferred the money to him. Next thing I got from him was thank you. You see, because I'm real to him, the money he's asking for is not fantastically huge. I told him I would give it to him. He relaxed. Just told the man, when everything is ready, let me know. Now, let me add more conversations. He may not have had it with the person. The man said, where's my money? My father will send it. Do you get my point? There's no thing about it. When should I start? When everything is ready, just let me know. I've told my father already. He said he will send it. See, he's not going there pacing up and down the room. Ha! Oh, daddy, how much money? How much daddy, daddy, daddy? No. Do you get my point? Some of those things we do. Some of those things we do, we are using it to fight. They're not bad. We are using it to fight unbelief. We are using it to fight fear. Full persuasion will make them unnecessary. Yes, they will become unnecessary. Yes, it's good we do them until we come to the point of full persuasion. Because the children understand, it's just matter of fact with them. No, I've told him. He said he would say, do you know, even if I delay, his reason would be, I forgot. What will he say? Let me remind him. That's why the Bible uses the word, those who remind the Lord a lot. Why? Because it's, they are convinced that he can do it and he will do it. So from the human perspective, he hasn't done it. It appears like, let us remind him. But not like he forgot. And that's the other side I need to explain. So we ask God for something. Why has it not manifested? 
number of reasons. Now let's remember the story. Daniel went to pray. From the day he prayed, he continued to pray. But that day he prayed, we found out later, the angel said that very day he was heard. Why did the angel not arrive on time? It's simple. He said, the prince of Persia did what? Withstood me. Now, I want to take that as a type of prayer and delay in answers. Now, let's go back to the beginning. The moment you pray, God heard. I hope you're getting my point. The moment you pray, God heard. We've already established faith is important. Now, I think a preacher many years ago said something. That God explained to him that the one cause of now, he didn't say this, but I want to take his own teaching as one cause. One cause of delay from his teaching is that it takes time for you to fight off unbelief. Now, unbelief is real. Unbelief is not absence of faith. It's a tangible spiritual substance that stops manifestations. Unbelief is like water being poured on a flame. The flame is trying to rise up. Something keeps pouring water on it. Please, let me say this to us again. Spiritual things are very real in this life. Unbelief is tangible. Faith is tangible. See, unbelief is not absence of faith. If, look, darkness. We think darkness is absence of light, but we know from the Bible it's not. Because if darkness was absence of light, why would darkness try to overcome light? So that darkness wants to overcome light tells you that darkness is a force. It's just that it thrives in the absence of light. But it's a force. It can scheme. That light is coming. Let's block light. It cannot directly block the light. So what it does is that, how do we block light now? Okay, you. Go and tell her, has God really said? That's darkness scheming to block light. I hope you're getting my point here. So, sometimes, and of course, because unbelief is real, where God says, float, Unbelief and fear says what? Sink. So anyone you give attention to carries the day. So one reason, one reason why prayer may appear delayed, answer may appear delayed to prayer, is because unbelief is strong, strong and is keeping the answer down. And one reason you continue to pray. Now let me say this. I said it earlier. Prayer does not only get things for us. What does it do? Changes us. It transforms us. Thank you. One reason we continue to pray. We pray, we continue, because there we keep growing in grace until unbelief is killed. I hope I get my point. It gets to a point in which the unbelief dies. Why? Because you persisted in prayer. You persisted in appreciating God. You persisted in offering up praise. And what that does is that you continue to contemplate the Lord, thinking about him. And the more you stay in the presence through worship, you understand, which is praise, thanksgiving, and consecration, the more you grow in grace, the more unbelief dies. So it gets to a point, the unbelief dies to a level. The answer manifests. And many times you now look, the answer has been there all the while, you didn't see it. Do you get my point? Another reason why, of course, all of them are different ways, actually, of manifesting the same principle. But let's just look from another angle, so we'll see it's another reason. Another reason why prayer may, may be, may, may answer may appear delayed is that the Lord will say, you don't know what you're asking for. But it's a good thing, but you don't know what it is. So we'll take time to prepare you for the thing. Let's take Isaac. 
If Isaac comes, brother Abraham, Isaac will change your life. So two things. Number one, prepare to be able to receive Isaac. Prepare to be able to handle Isaac when he comes. So even though we pray day one, and it takes a long time for the answer to come, it is not because God cannot answer day one, but it says there are things I want to, now I'm paraphrasing some scriptures, there are things I want to give you, but if I give them to you now, you won't be able to carry them. Sometimes when people are praying for a kind of car, God says, where will you pack it? He said, where do you want to pack it? Let's not deceive us. Where do you want to pack it? And you're looking like, uh, what do you, where do I pack it? And I'll go and be packing it in church now. <laughs> God said, okay, so is that a blessing that I give you a car, pack it today, you take a care to go home? Then the money to go to work, you first take a care to come back. Why don't you just take a care to go to where you are going? I hope you get my point. He goes, look, just, and really, let me, see, many of my, let me tell some of your material things in life here. Eh? They usually go, they, they have what we call, I just feel like throwing big English. They have what we call linkage disequilibrium. <laughs> but they are not just, you know, you can come, you have faith to believe God for a car. God says, no, no, it doesn't go like that. That faith, you, you get to a kind of house, a kind of income, a kind of this, a kind of... If I give you the car alone, it will ruin your kind of house you live in, it will ruin your comfort, it will ruin many things. There are things my mother was saying, okay, why don't you do this? I feel like saying her that. <laughs> my mother, you don't understand. You think I have a lot of money. You don't realize why I'm this comfortable. is because I don't do things like this. I don't know whether you're getting my point. I said, I'm this comfortable because I don't do things like this. The day I start, that's when it become clear to you that this guy probably doesn't have as much money as I thought he did. Do you get what I'm going to say here? Yeah. You know, just by the way, I used to laugh at people who compete with people. I mean, you go to Abuja, you know, your friends stay, your friends stay in one hotel, you go and join them. But call your friend. Tell us, now where your house day? Go and stay in the sitting room. I hope, you know, you want to go for a meeting, you want to show off to say where you stay. I'm staying in, um, no, no, not Toronto, Bros. <laughs> but anyway, you are getting my point. You know? So, I mean, everybody's talking, so you want to, now let me say something in this life. Don't try and pretend for anybody, don't try and impress anybody. Just don't bother. See, if you don't do it like that, they won't accept you, you don't belong there. Why should they accept you where you don't belong? Why, why do you want to be accepted where you don't belong? I've seen people put themselves in distress because they want to be accepted somewhere. Have a relax. The Bible says, associate with the lowly. That's the, that's law, the law of scripture. Don't associate with the, you know, it's motivational speakers that say, they go, you know, you, you know, they will tell you that that's motivational speakers. We tell you that you have to think like a millionaire. And <laughs> Your mates are entering KK and entering bus. You are calling taxi every day. Don't worry. You'll soon get broke. Your landlord will kick you out. And it's the will of God. Though. Not think that God said, this is my son. doesn't have sense yet. Let's teach him sense. When they have rejected you from your house, then you will learn that there's nothing wrong with jumping from one bus to another. And then from one bus to a keke, and then from keke to trek, and then from there you cross the road, and then because like I keep on saying, that way, if there's poor scarcity, it doesn't affect you so much. If parts are expensive, it doesn't affect you so much. If I mean, 
May your car not stop on the express road. <laughs> See the way the man said amen. He understands. You know, when a, when a commercial vehicle stops on the express road, you come down, carry your bag, and say, look, look, if it's your own car, you can't leave that place. You can't leave that place. You are, you are living that place. And God looks and says, oh boy, let's not carry you to that level yet. So you are praying. He said, these things are tied. Those days I used to wonder, why, <laughs> why would people pay this amount of money to sleep one night in a hotel? Ha! And you're like, what? You're just angry. Because, you know why? Because you know they give you that kind of money, you know what you can do. Until one day, I, my wife and I went to Ghana. Where many of people were saying, I said, no, I'm not staying there. I came with my wife. I don't have time to stay with all of you. I said, I refused. They said, okay, will you stay where the other people are staying? I said, when I reached there, they said I should pay $100 a night. I gave it to them. That's why I said, I knew my life don't spoil that time that you two have joined them. Yeah. I said, no. They said, the lady said, $120 a night. I said, lie, lie. Why should this be pay 100 I will pay 100 Because I came from Nigeria. You're not serious. After I have, the maximum I give you is a hundred. This must be dollar, no problem. Take. Stay there, I forget how many days. And I, you know, I drink water, drop cup. I went to, and nothing bad happened. I hope you're getting my point. If you had told me 15 years before I would do such things, I would have told you to get behind me, Satan. <laughs> do you get my point? I didn't, I didn't plan that one day. No, just the time just came. I'm like, okay, this is, I, I, we, got, we got there. You have a choice of going over here or stay. And I look this place. Ah, this other one. And nice. You wake up in the morning. Literally breakfast, you know, which is, you know, it comes with the uh, complimentary. It's literally by the waves. Water is splashing the waves. And then you're inside one hut like that, eating anything you like. It's good. <laughs> then one day one brought him. He said, when your girl go to Abuja, your girl please. Now, I tell you, don't be fighting with people. That hotel charges 200,000 then, naira, a night. I don't know about now. One of those big Abuja people. So he said, so when your guy, that when he goes to see his boss, or when they go together, they don't stay there, your guy stays there. When they go to sit there, you walk past African heads of states. You are going to, I mean, the person walking past, you say, ah, that's Ghanaian president there. You just walk past, you just greet him nicely and go. So one day I was talking with the ogre. I said, ah, Ogana, wow. He laughed. <laughs> he said, no, no, he doesn't pay that amount of money. Ogre, how you take them? He said, no, I only pay, he said, I pay 30% of whatever they advertise. Only 30%? You know what you see? Dean Woke is going there saving for six months to sleep one night. <laughs> I don't understand. Why? Why do you pay 30%? He smiled. He brought out one card and showed it to me. So I'm a member of this club. I said, how did you get the card? He said, no, when I bought a house in the U.S., the house was uh, $4 million. So they, once you buy it, you get this card. <laughs> I said, okay, sir. So you see, people would say, no. He said, no. Everywhere I go in the world, if it's this hotel chain, Whatever they advertise, I pay only 30%. 
That is about linkage disequilibrium. Sometimes you're asking for God, say, hey, do you have a house for $4 million? You say, no. Say, why are you not asking me to be putting you in Hilton hotels or putting you, you know, in Sheraton suites? Leave it. Oh, boy, go to your friend's house in Abuja. Tell him I'm coming. Then use 10K. What more good job, Suya? The people that are blowing all that money in night, they are not praying about it. I hope you're getting my point. They're not praying about it now. They're not praying about it. They're not praying about it. God, that's all. Sometimes when you ask God for something, He says, wait, this thing is linked. Creating a disequilibrium. So, I can't just lift only, I can't lift you up only in this area. I have to do everything together. So, I've heard you, but I need time. Did you hear that? He says, I've heard you, but I need time. I need to build you up here, develop this, correct you here, help you understand this. So that's why I can't just do this thing for you overnight. But you can go around boldly saying, I, have, I am what? Receiving it. What we call we have received. Yes, spiritually speaking, you can say I have received. It's in heaven. But it hasn't come to the earth yet. So you don't need to be afraid to tell people, I have asked the Lord for this. You know, I say this humorously, but it's a matter of fact. I said, if I want a private jet, in fact, actually, I think I've asked a lot for it years ago. I don't know when I did. But I know he's not giving it unless the journey is plenty. Enough to make it necessary. One day I talked to two, two ministers, and it sounded like a joke, but I know if we continue like that, if we continue to walk, it will happen. I said, the way you travel, the way these people travel, you need to have a plane at your disposal. And both of them agreed. Do they have such money? Like, like where they want to see that kind of money? But you know, the other day I was browsing, I just went around, I now saw that jets come in different, that's private jets come in different levels, very small ones, medium level ones, and then the big ones. So the size of the small ones. Just, I just read about it, check the cost, how much do you have saved up? They don't save money for such things. They don't save money for such things. Those planes are higher than the one I saw, that small one, they are higher at the rate of four thousand dollars an hour. Not owned, rented. Four thousand dollars an hour. This is an international figure. I don't know what the Nigerians do. Okay, if I remember one day when I was talking to Pastor Delva, so you know, he came to preach, he was telling us that he was supposed to preach in a particular church, so they didn't so he told them he couldn't come, he had things to do. So he said he's not going to come. So next he got a call. A man called him, hello. So he picked it. I'm captain, so, 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 and so, and so. I, I, I'm the pilot of so, so, and so aircraft. I'm at the airport. I was supposed to pick you up. And I told him, I'm going, I have a family event. I can't come to church. This is in Kaduna. They are in Lagos. So we want you for Sunday morning service. He said, look, last plane out of Kaduna is taking off so, so, and so time. I have things to do. I'm sorry I won't be able to come. They said, no problem. They just tap one guy. Go and carry him. So just got, the guy landed in Kaduna before he called him. Hello, sir. This is my name. Pastor Sanso said I should pick you up. So the guy said, okay. So please, I said, I would, yes, said, yes, I know. They said you are busy, but please, when you're done, I'll be waiting. I'm at the airport, waiting. And now this is, I'm going, this is where I'm going. He now said, please, sir, it would be nice if you can hurry up. They are paying by the hour. That's where I'm going. That's why I told the story. He said, they are paying by the hour. It would be nice if you can hurry. So he said, okay. He said, by the way, I have maybe seven seats. If you have anybody coming with you, it's a free ride. 
Ah, so his wife said, I'm going to Lagos. <laughs> I think he said, he said his nephew was in the house, niece was in the house. He said, Me too. I have something to do in Lagos. Everybody packed bag. Is that, is that when they got the literal, they, the way you see it, yeah, they, they had rolled the carpet out waiting for him at the foot of the plane. And they entered. Phew! Took him, dropped him in Lagos. Anybody say good thing, not good. <laughs> just warn the person from Just warn the person. Say, Pastor Pastor, I should warn you. You warned. You warned. And of course, he was able to preach sev- sev- next morning. Yeah, he was in church, church service. People said, look, you want to come and bless us here doing family things. Okay, we'll do family things for you too. That, exactly. And was he interceding over a car wash father? Father God, I am going to Lagos. Oh. Don't pray like that. Because if my children talk to me like that, there'll be a problem in the house. Daddy, we're going to school. Lord God. Daddy, uh-uh, waiting. Take it easy, man. Take it easy. Make the request and wait. What did I say? Wait, many of the things you're asking the Lord for. He said, I heard. I heard. That's why he first thing he dashes is what? The peace of God. That helps you to relax. That helps you to wait. Because he can't give Isaac to you at this point. You won't raise him well. He can't give Isaac to you at this point. You have too much moving up and down to do. There are things he can't give you now. He says, so they are linked. So he asks for one thing. You didn't ask for many other things. Don't worry. Don't worry. I know what to do. I need time. Now, I'm not the one that needs time, actually. It's you. I need time to work on you. I need time to build you up to a level. You know, there are, <laughs> there are things that it's not even about material resources, mental resources. When I see one of my guys, when I see him do things, I'm like, God, this man has faith. So I, I don't have this kind of faith. Because if you give me the kind of money, I'm not going to behave like this. But no, the truth, I found out that he does everything to do what he's supposed to do, and the money doesn't finish. But in my mind, I was like, how can you be spending money like this? You know what it means? I don't yet have faith for that level. It's not fight. We're not quarreling over it. So sometimes God says, this thing you're asking for, this is what is required. You know, many, now, please, I'm not saying, please, go out and go and be buying private jet, but just think about it. If they offer you a flight in a private jet, you will say, give me half of the money. You know that's what you are going to say. When you hear that these guys are paying, you, okay, let's even say it's $2,000 an hour. Ah, you, don't check out. $2,000 is two hours. Okay, I will charter Uber. <laughs> he said, the roads are dangerous. The money is enough for ransom. Don't worry. <laughs> The Lord is good. So these are the things God uses time for. Building up faith, developing you to be able to receive what they're asking for. Because sometimes you don't even know the extent of what you have asked for. What have I tried to say? Let's relax. Let's trust God that he's working. I found that God is very good. Then what David said, I've seen it. He said, I've been young, now I'm old. Now, I've been young. I'm not old yet, but I'm somewhere between young and old. But I can say like David, that I know that God is faithful. Yeah, he's faithful. He's faithful. He may not always do things the way you want it done, but he's faithful. He's good. He has, now, let me say this as a matter of fact, he has blessed you more than you deserve. 
Don't ever forget that. When you wake up in the morning, just know you are more blessed than you deserve. Never forget it. You are more blessed. You have experienced more blessing than you deserve. This country eh, is one fantastic example. You know now, Sudan is in, is in crisis. A lot of people are saying, what happened? Don't worry. <laughs> Sudan, you know, let me just beg you as Nigerian Christians. Trust God. What do I mean by trust God? When you hear the name Muhammad Buhari, get on your knees and thank God for his life. Thank God for his eight years in office. And leave it there. I know what I'm saying. Don't be a whiner and complainer and grumbler. You know why? When God is blessing you many times, you don't know. When Sudan war broke out the last few days, well, it's getting to weeks now. Why is there fight now in Sudan? Because Bashir, um, what's his full name now? Huh? Yes, Omar al-Bashir. Yes. It's a t- t- what they call it? Uh, tyrant, uh, all kinds of names. So they said they will remove him a few years ago. So some people came together. They called themselves one uh, militia, one something force. Then with the army, two of them gathered together and removed Bashir. They have been trying to establish democracy since it's not working. And the two militant, that the militant group and the army, the military, they were in alliance. Now, trying to aggregate them into one single military unit is why war broke out. I see from the spiritual perspective. What I always see, I say, this is the kind of war that Nigeria is supposed to have, but we don't have it, and people are complaining. See, I look at Nigerians, Nigerians, and I can tell you one thing assuredly. Nigeria is more blessed than Nigerians deserve. Brethren, please, when you wake up every day, give thanks for what I've said. When you're going back to sleep at night, thank God. I can assure you, Nigeria is more blessed than Nigerians deserve. And that's why those of you, watchmen on the walls of this nation, don't give up. God requires that infusion of prayer to sustain this nation and to continue to make progress in it. It's very important. Let's bow down our heads. Let me stop here. Just take a moment and give the Lord thanks because it's working in your life already. Just take a moment and give the Lord thanks because it's working already. It's actually working. Give the Lord thanks because he's walking. The prayers you prayed, last week we were praying. Everything you asked him concerning, he heard you. And he's walking. Don't let, like an egg will say, don't turn the switch of faith off. That healing is walking. That healing is walking. It's walking. Even if you don't feel like it now, I'm telling you, it's walking. That's why, please, don't switch off the, don't turn off the switch of faith. Don't switch faith off. Don't turn off the switch of faith. Don't switch faith off. How do you keep the faith, the switch turned on? Continue to give thanks. Continue to praise. Why? Because of who your father is. What is the thanksgiving and praise? Like constant conversation. It's your way of coming to talk to him. 
my father, I came to talk to you today because I know you heard me yesterday and you're walking. I came to interact with you, Lord, so that unbelief will not creep into my heart. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So I know unbelief cannot stay here. Blessed is the one who you have chosen and who you have caused to approach unto you. I know unbelief cannot stay here. I came to kill unbelief because I know it's working. Keep the switch of faith turned on. Tell yourself, if I will die, I will die in faith. I will die if I will die in the presence of God. If I die in his presence, no doctor could have saved me. That one is for sure. I'm telling somebody, the spirit of God is working. The power of God began to work. You asked him about financial increase. He said, I heard you. Relax. Now go about your business. He said, I heard you. Just go about your business. Don't worry about it. Go about your business. Do not worry about it. That's what he's saying. He said, believe you are receiving. Believe it is working. Don't change your mind. You have a heavenly father who is better than an earthly father. A father who is loving and who is capable. He's good. He's a father. He's a good father. And he's a capable, good father. That's why we give thanks. It's recognition of these facts is what our thanksgiving is about. Recognition of this fact is what our thanksgiving is about and our praise. It's why we worship. We worship him because he's worthy to be worshipped. No matter the circumstances, he's worthy to be worshipped. Why? His praise is real. He's really a creator. Oh, God creates. He creates. He hasn't stopped creating. His power did not diminish. He's creating something in somebody's body as you are hearing me now. He's creating something. He's opening eyes, he's strengthening hearts, he's strengthening limbs, waking up failing kidneys, bowels that are more functioning, opening up wombs. Yes, his power is working. Jesus said, just believe that it's working and you will see it. Never give up faith. Never give up faith. Many of the things you saw in the life of Jesus happen rapidly, like the tree. It's because of the level of faith in his heart. Sometimes we get it slower because the faith is lower. But we never give up. We continue to build up that faith. Sometimes God does not just come with a sudden miracle because he says that faith is more precious than gold. I want it built up. I want that faith built up. Oh, give the Lord thanks. Give him thanks. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Can you just stretch your hand again? Just give the Lord thanks for this book. The book is titled Receive the Holy Spirit. I want you to pray. Say, Lord, first give the Lord thanks. That Lord, it's not a man's words. I believe. Believe with me that it's not a man's words. He said, but you have written it. Remember, retrocausality. If you ask now, go go back and which everything I, I wanted to write is correct. And that's what I wrote. And that's what they print. And that's what they printed. Yes, that's how it works. People don't know that. So don't let everything that he, he wrote inside there be correct. 
said, but you have written it. It doesn't matter. He will stretch his hand into the past. How to live continually by the power of God. Ask the Lord with me. Say, Lord, let everyone that picks this book to read be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the power of God. This book was not written to excite. I said to us, after in this book, you will be filled with the Spirit of God. Say, Lord, let everyone who reads it be filled with the Spirit of God. He said, you will be filled again. Say, Lord, let everyone who reads it or hears it being read be filled again. I said, and you will walk with the power of God and experience the various manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Say, Lord, let everyone who will read this book or hear it being read experience the power of God in their everyday life and ministry and experience and operate in the various manifestations of the Holy Spirit in their lives. That's what they mean by prosper. Say, Lord, let this book prosper. That's what it means. Say, Lord, let this book prosper. The digital copy will soon go online. Say, Lord, let it prosper. Let it prosper. He said, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Say, Lord, let your word in this book prevail. Let it knock out complacency from the lives of believers. Lord, we ask that the believers that are ready will be on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ. Say, Lord, do it. Fill every page with your spirit. Let people handle the page and the fire of God enter into their lives. Let many, Lord, read as they are reading. Let the manifestation start. Let the Holy Spirit come for many like a dove. They finish reading. They don't feel anything, but they go out next time. The power starts manifesting. Give the Lord thanks because he has heard us. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. All right, let's share the grace in fellowship. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Surely we are passed out of death and we are passed into light. Life. Into the light of Christ. We are passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of the demonstration of the Spirit and of the power of God. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Please bless three people around you. Say, This is your season. This is your season. The last person, this is your season. Now one for yourself. Tell our brethren. God bless you.